I always have a difficult time trying to narrow down the title of, my, of a message, you know. Sometimes it's very easy and sometimes it's like rearranging things and going over it. And uh, I thought of, am I a teacher or am I a student? Or am I a student teacher? <laughs> so yeah, so we're, we're all of those things. And uh, change your heart, change your mind. Change your heart, change your life. And so finally, I, we came up with, I came up with the, no, we, God and I came up with, you know. <laughs> All along, he had the title, I just had to find it. Lord, teach me your faithfulness. Lord, teach me your faithfulness. And um, the scriptures in Psalm 86, verse 11, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness and give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Now, um, it's built on somewhat of what we spoke of last week. And the emphasis, uh, I think, of this particular text of Psalm 86:11, give me an undiv- no, <laughs> give me an undivided heart, meaning not back and forth, but may I rely on your faithfulness. Teach me to rely on your faithfulness. Now, as we, we look at this, this whole idea of our faith and where it comes from, how much we have, we spoke about it in Sunday school, and how that we really are dependent on the faithfulness of God. Now, uh, have you ever been waiting for somebody and they don't show up? <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, waiting on a bus and it doesn't come, taking a flight and it doesn't leave on time. You know, we're, we, we are so much scheduled and so um, much put into a, a, a situation where we're trying, relying on a schedule. You go to work, you got to, you know, you slide the card and check in, you know, you check out, you, you know, document your miles, document this. If you don't document it, it didn't happen, you know. So we're always on this documentation and schedule and uh, relying upon the information that is at hand. Well, how much do we rely on the faithfulness of God? You see, God is faithful to his promise, and not one dot or tittle, not one dot of an eye of, of God's promise, and not one slash of a, of a word will be left undone. It'll be completed. So God is faithful to complete and honor his word. So as we kind of review a little bit from last week, my title was My Life Matters, and, that's, and we spoke on Romans chapter 8, 9, and 10. It's God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. Now, it is God's work to do in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. Going along with the word, our psalm today, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Hmm. You see, what Jesus came, and came to do was to fulfill the will of the Father. And he came to fulfill the will of the Father in, in its entirety. And that included not only the, the miracle workings and the walking on water and the raising of the dead and the opening of blinded eyes, it included Gethsemane, where he sweat great drops of blood. There was such agony between what was going on in his human spirit and in his divine spirit. You see, we all have the ability, we all have the two things going on. 
You know, we have our spiritual life and we have our physical life. We have our spiritual soul. We have our material um, soul, our fallen nature. And so they're war- warring against each other. And so the challenge is for us to do battle in the spiritual realm with the faithfulness of God on our side and the faithfulness of his word to work in our life. So we must know the difference between good thoughts and um, bad thoughts. We covered that uh, last week, good versus evil. But what happens is that we need to continue to build on the idea of my life matters and that what I do matters and what I say matters. Where I go, all these things are important and they, are, they matter to us. And what I think What I think matters. Not what other people think of me, what I think of me. (laughs) Did you know that, this is a little, little snippet I took from somebody else. It says, I can control my thoughts. My feelings come from my thoughts. I can control my feelings by controlling my thoughts. You got that? You know, we've all heard, I can't, I don't feel like doing it. Anybody ever said that? (laughs) I don't feel like it, you know? You know, it's not my fault, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel right about it, you know? (laughs) You know, know, try and tell that, you know, when I was a kid growing up, try and tell that to my father who says, go and do the chores, you know? You don't, what? I'm sorry, Dad, I'll go, (laughs) you know? Cows need fed, calves need fed, they need milk. The girls need milking, you know. The... So there, was, there were chores that had to be done whether you felt like it or not, whether it was Easter or Christmas, you know, the, the 4th of July or January 1st. It didn't matter. You, the chores needed done, and feelings had nothing to do with it. <laughs> uh, you ever feel like not going to school? You ever feel like not going to work? You ever feel like, I don't want to feel, I don't like that. I, you know, so feelings are very important, and our feelings, though, are betrayed, uh, can betray us, but we have to understand that I can control my thoughts. So what's in your head? <laughs> I think of that commercial, what's in your wallet, you know? <laughs> well, what, we have to ask ourselves, what's in your head? You know, what are you thinking? You ever ask somebody, what were you thinking when you did that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, my feelings come from my thoughts, My feelings come from my thoughts. And I can control my feelings by controlling my thoughts. As a man thinketh, Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. You see, we we will be what we think we are. Now, I'm not going to go into the the, the whole psychology of you know, of uh, think good thoughts and you'll have a good life, you know, all that kind of stuff, and nothing bad will ever happen to you. That's not what we're saying. Bad things happen to good people. (laughs) Jesus died on the cross, and there was nothing that he was going to do to stop it because that's the reason that he came. And you see, sometimes in our life, we have to understand that the steps of the righteous, the steps of our life are ordered by the Lord. And order means you're going to walk this way. Well, I don't feel like walking this way. (laughs) Guess what? You're going to walk this way. Because going through certain obstacles and through certain difficulties is a way that we are going to form who we are 
not only for today, but for tomorrow. What we form in our minds and our hearts, now what we have to do then is to accept the word and the teachings of God to look at and filter out the negativity of our thoughts that we will filter. You know that uh, there are filters that you can buy for your house. (laughs) And what does it do? It filters out the hard water. (laughs) It filters out the contaminants. It filters it out so that it tastes good. Well, there is, what is it called? There's a, there's a filter that you can buy that takes out all, that whenever you wash your car or your truck or your, you know, your fancy motorhome. <laughs> yes, Lord. Uh, anyhow, your fancy, that you can hose it down and there will not be one spot on it because it filters out all the things so that it dries. I forget what it's called. It's a resin or something. It's very expensive, but you can filter water to the point that there leaves, there leaves no stain, no watermark. So anyhow, as a man thinketh in his heart. So what we are doing is our thoughts are our filters. The filter of our life is our thoughts. And God, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So God has given us a whole new thought pattern. <laughs> He's given us a whole new concept, a whole new understanding of who we are. In Christ... Wow. In Christ, I am more than a conqueror. So what happens with negativity that you're going to fail, you're not going to make it, that gets filtered out by the word. The word says I can do all things. So therefore, not doing gets filtered out in the, in the contaminants. And the ability to do, the ability to overcome, the ability to look at things in a positive way, all the negativity is filtered out by the word. The Bible doesn't give us, you know, uh, scriptures that says, stand on, the, stand on defeat and let yourself fall into contamination and sin and, you know, to hell. Well, no. That the, the old nature has passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God is filtering out the negativity of our life and the newness of life is every day we get up and give thanks to God for the day. How many do that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, some people wake up and say, um, God, it's morning. <laughs> and some people wake up and say, oh, good God, it's morning. <laughs> so, all right, so for as a man thinketh, so actions almost always, actions almost always follow your thoughts. If you think you're going to make it, you keep going. If you think you're not going to make it, you quit. You see, who put those thoughts in you? <laughs> I, you know, on, uh, in the Star Wars, uh, Darth Vader is fighting with Luke Skywalker, and, and he goes, whatever his name is, Darth Vader says, you know, your, your thoughts betray you. <laughs> Your thoughts betray you. You have a sister. (laughs) I like that. Your thoughts betray you. (laughs) So what happens in our life is our thoughts can betray us. Hmm. They set us up to fail. Our thoughts betray us. So the Word teaches us about our spiritual life, our physical life, and our everyday life. So we are students of the Word, and the Word then becomes the, the, the life source 
the lifeblood of who we are. The word becomes that much a part of us that it filters out the negativity, it empowers us to do right, and that God, the word of God is, uh, the, King James says that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of the soul and the spirit. The, another version says the word of God is alive and active. It's alive. The word of God is living because Jesus is the living word. The word of God, Jesus Christ, is living inside of us. And the thoughts of Jesus are, is the word that would be spoken to our, to our hearts. That I am more than a conqueror, that God loves us, that you know, whatever our need is, that word would speak to our need. You know, you're, you're defeated, you're not going to make... No, well, God, I can do all things. Why fail to this? So study more. <laughs> I like what the one, one uh, lady, she was studying for her, uh, she was a physician and uh, studying, you know, her, one of her medical exams, and she knew something and she couldn't remember it, and so she's praying and asking God, and she's going, God, you know the answer. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> you know, God, you know the answer. So help me to recall what I studied, you know. The, the problem is whenever we start saying, God, you know the answer, give it to me, and we never studied. <laughs> you know, you don't study, you know, bring back to my memory the things that I have faithfully studied. Faithfully studied. How many love to study? <laughs> I didn't see your hand. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's ironic. You know, God must, God has a sense of humor. You know? The very thing that I never thought I would do would be speak in front of people and study. I mean, I was the world's worst because I didn't like to be in front of people and studying was not one of my favorite things. But here I am living in a position where I'm, all, I'm in front of people all the time and I have to study every week. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> do you study for tests? better <laughs> I the one 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 lady years ago uh, she was um, in church and they would always sit in the back of the church you know never listen to a word I said I mean I don't even know why they came to church I mean they'd sit back there and talk the whole time it's like would you shut up and listen to me you know but I never told them that I, they just talked the whole time well anyhow the one person was taking a nursing exam, and she, you know, came up to me and said, you know, Pastor, will you pray for me that I do well on the nursing exam? I said, oh, sure, yeah, I'll pay, pray for you. And I prayed for her. Next week, she came back, and she says, you didn't pray. <laughs> I said, what? You didn't pray for me. And I said, what happened? She said, I failed. It's your fault. <laughs> it's like, hello, if you had to shut up while you were done, <laughs> you would have heard what I was saying, you know, but... Uh, Eventually, she passed, and it's all is well. Just when you go into the hospital, ask her, are you the one who paid for a pastor? <laughs> so, so, whenever we know that God is our teacher and that God is the one who's watching over us, we have, I mean, a number of analogies that we are the sheep of it and he is the shepherd. We are members of the body of Christ. We are the soil where God plants his word. God is our father. We are his children. Uh, that, we, that we're looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. So we have all these places where we're seeing that Jesus Christ is the one who is speaking to our hearts. And so we remember that the greatest teacher is always a student. 
You cannot teach unless you've learned. And if you're going to be a teacher, you have to be a student because the lesson is always changing, even if it is the same. Because the needs of the people sitting in front of you today are different than the needs of the people that sat in front of you last week. So studying is how that we apply the truth in a way that matches up to people's lives. Studying is allowing the Word of God to teach us. Teach me. <laughs> teach me. We have, a, a, we have signed on... Let's see, what did I write here? Teach me, we have signed on not only as a student, but as an apprentice. There it is. I could figure that out. We have signed on to this relationship with God, not only as a student, but as an apprentice, where we are learning a trade, learning the skills that we are learning to be like Christ. We are his apprentice. And he teaches us his ways, but his ways are not only things that we do outwardly. They, his ways are something that is in our heart, and it comes from the inside out. So, Lord, teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6. It's my little thought here. Enoch skipped death. And uh, he was overlooked when it came to death. And he was noted because he was noted because he pleased God. And this is a very important chapter because Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is bringing into a reality in this life what exists in the spiritual life over here. So we're bringing something that doesn't exist into this place of existence. Now, what made Enoch so different in his pleasing God? It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. That was a verse from a few weeks ago. It is important that we not only believe that God is, but that God exists enough to respond to us who seek him. Imagine that. So not only do I have to believe that God is, I must believe also that he wants to respond to my needs. Respond to who I am. And sometimes what we need is not what we think we need. <laughs> yeah. I always do the... If it looks like a dog barks, somebody comes in, they have a problem, they, they, they outline it. You know, if it looks like a dog, barks like a dog, smells like a dog, walks like a dog, and wags its tail like a dog, it's not a dog. <laughs> because if it were that simple, they wouldn't be asking you, what is this? <laughs> you know? If it was that simple, we would, you know. So God knows what is on the inner, inner side of us. Now, I, I, I was... Uh, we must believe both that he exists and that he responds to those who seek him. In this morning, in, in Sunday school, we spoke about salvation. And, and, and it's very important that we understand that our salvation, everything, okay, how are we saved? In what way are we saved? By grace are you saved through faith, okay? Not of yourselves, so that no one boasts. So God has given us the faith to ask him for forgiveness, all right? Now, 
It's not because of works. If we ask you, how are you saved? How did you get here? Well, you know, I believe that I did the right things and, you know, God, you know. So salvation that comes from works is based upon doing good, enough good to outbalance the bad. You're constantly on the scale. But you see, salvation is I, salvation by faith. We must never lose sight of our initial relationship with God because it is by faith that we ask him for forgiveness. But you see, we can look at the word of God and we can look at you know, uh, the classes as students. What do you, as you look on, as you watch TV or listen to preachers or whatever, what preacher, what type of Bible professor do you listen to most? Which one kind of resonates, you know? Some people are in the life skills class, you know? This is how we do life and we're doing that. Some people are in the miracle working class, you know? This is how you do miracles. You, you pray this way and do this and spit on the ground, make mud and put in their eyes. <laughs> no, that class, no. Okay, but then there's the end times class and then there's the, the music and the Psalms class and then there's the second coming class and then there's the, the judgment of God class. So which class are you in and you, you recognize it more by who do you listen to all the time? <laughs> and what do you listen to? See, you got that in your head? That's the class that you like to spend your time in. Now, we must never lose sight that everything we look through in that class must first be looked through in the eye of salvation. By grace are you saved through faith, not of works. He has come to save us from our sin. And no matter which class that we are in, we must see that category through the eyes of Christ and his salvation of wanting to save the people. All right. So all classes have values. Now, as a pastor, <laughs> you, you know what class I'm in. I'm not, uh, I'm not a hellfire and brimstone and you can feel the fires of hell lapping at your soul while you sit here in church, <laughs> you know? And I always remember if you didn't feel like you were going to hell, it wasn't a good service. <laughs> you know? You know, I said, you know, well, boy, we just, he rescued us at the last moment from hell, you know? Well, and those all have purpose and they all have place, but that's not who I am, you know? I don't think God wants us to fear him. I don't think that God wants us to Fear. Now the word in here talks about how that we would fear the fear that is the fear that frightens. <laughs> you see, God's love casts out all fear. First John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, and perfect love casts out fear. Uh, in the Message Bible, it says God is love, and when we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God. To live in God's presence is not to live in fear. Imagine that. I'm afraid of no one or nothing. I'm not afraid of failure. I'm not afraid of success. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of living. I'm not afraid of the people who hate me, and I'm not afraid of the people who love me. I'm not afraid to forgive. I'm not afraid to restore. I'm not afraid to bring back, uplift, encourage. You see, 
God is love, and when we live in God, love is the primary focus and foundation of everything we see and receive, and we love people. Jesus loved us, so he, because he first loved us, we can for, be forgiven of our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but everlasting life. The eyes of God are through the eyes of love and forgiveness and grace and mercy on our life. Everything that we believe in must come through that channel, must come through that initial beginning. This is where we begin to see God. And we must never lose sight of that. Because if we lose sight of God's grace and mercy, then we somehow think that one of those classes we're enrolled in is more important. Judgment is more important than salvation. You know, these people are all going to hell and the world's going to be judged. And, well, you know what? The world is in travail. And travail is as a child, a woman giving birth to a child. The, wo the world is in travail. The, the ground, the living, it's in travail as a woman giving birth because Christ is coming back. So we don't need to be afraid of the storms that come we recover from those things. Sometimes we are protected and sometimes we go through them. You know, the, the three Hebrew children, uh, three Hebrew teenagers, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they went through the fiery furnace, you know, and they came out without the smell of smoke and they came out with the ropes that bound them were burned off and there was no burn on them, there was no smoke on them, and the one who was walking with them looked like God. You see, sometimes God saves us from things, sometimes God gives us the strength to go through things, but always it's grace and mercy, love and protection that God is with me. And like the three Hebrew teenagers told the king, we're not going to bow down to you, and our God is well able to deliver us, but if not, we're still not bowing down. See, that's the tenacity of spirit that says I will not give up. I will not, I will not lay down on my faith. The Bible says, teach me your way, Lord. Teach me your way. It's love, it's grace, it's mercy. He's teaching us. And he is Lord. <laughs> Lord means, in general, the one with power and authority. He is Lord of lords. He is King of kings. He is the Messiah. There is none greater. There is none higher. There is none better. He is the Lord of all creation. And even those who do not bow down, it doesn't matter. He is still Lord. One day they will bow down. And he, the God, the Lord Jesus Christ, spoke the world into existence. That which we see did not just happen to appear. It was spoken by the word. And if that same Jesus is capable of speaking the world into existence, he's, he's capable of speaking faith and love and forgiveness and strength into our life. He is moved by my infirmities. The things that hurt me hurt him. People who are my enemies, God is against them because I'm his child. And anytime anyone hurts his, child, his child, God is, he gets a little upset. So we don't need to have vengeance Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. God says, I'll take care of them. 
don't get hung up on being nasty. <laughs> you know, get up on forgiveness. You see, that I may rely upon his faithfulness. This was the, the, the text that just kind of jumped out of, of this scripture that for me, is that I may rely on your faithfulness. God is faithful to a thousand generations. To a thousand generations, God is faithful. What God has blessed, the enemy cannot curse. You know, some people talk about, well, the curse of this, the curse of that. Don't worry about it. When the blood of Jesus Christ is upon our life, what God has blessed, no man can curse. No devil, no demon, no evil in any court can touch what God has blessed. So you see, I, I must rely on the faithfulness of God that just like God made a promise to Abraham, the children of Israel, still the nation of Israel, still here some 3,000 years after the promise was given to a man who didn't have kids. <laughs> you see, God is faithful to his promise. The children of Israel still here. The nation of Israel still here. Rely on his faithfulness. The, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That I have a faithfulness, I have a faithful God that the, his word is in my heart and it is the filter through which all of life must be experienced. Must be experienced. I, I cannot fail. Well, I may fail the this, I may fail this. No, no, no. Everything is a learning experience that will help me prepare for the next day, for the next step, the next part of my life. You see, the seed that God has planted in our lives will never, will always grow. It was one of those, they found some seed in one of those um, sarcophagus and, you know, from 3,000 years ago in Egypt, planted it and it sprouted. <laughs> Imagine that. The seed of God's word is something that is eternal and that eternal word is alive inside of us and the promises sustain us. And what promise is in your heart? What promise do you have? It's like, what preacher do you listen to? What class do you attend? Okay. Well, what promise resonates in your spirit? What promise I can do all things through Christ? You know, I am more than a conqueror through Christ. You see, it's through Christ I can conquer. I can forgive through the forgiveness of God. I can love because God loves. I'm reflecting what has come into my heart. I can learn because God has given me the ability to learn. See? I, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal bodies. You're going to come alive. <laughs> Why? Because of the spirit that is inside of us. And the spirit that is inside of us is the filter. Death cannot claim you. Why? It's been filtered out. Your words have life. Your spirit is life. Your touch has life. Your, ver your, your life is the light, the life of the world. Because it is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of eternal life. It's, it's in the package. It's in you. And so I can do. The, the limits, what limit is there on Christ and his children? 
your thoughts betray you. Your thoughts. Do you see how our thoughts can hold us back? But you see, our thoughts can be expressions of our faith. Just as people believe they can't do something, there are are the thoughts that I can do. With Christ in me, nothing is impossible. God's faithfulness. (sighs) Give me an undivided heart. An undivided heart is a heart that says, God will do, God will accomplish his perfect will in my life. And my heart must determine that I will think God's thoughts, God's thoughts, and that through, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you overflow inside is what speaks. (laughs) So what we want to do is change the source. (laughs) An undivided heart means that I have allowed God to sustain me and keep me, and that the the same hands that were nailed to the cross are the same hands that heal and hold our hearts. And so no matter how much our heart has been broken, the healing power of Christ is there to restore. And no matter how much my brokenness reflects in my attitude and actions towards others, God can heal my brokenness to reflect the love of God to those around me. And I can change, by the grace of God and the mercy of God, I can change from the inside out. Nothing is impossible to those who believe. Every good and perfect gift comes down from our Father in heaven. (laughs) That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. (laughs) I am well able to do that which is impossible because God is in me. His spirit quickens my spirit, quickens my heart and my mind. So let me think God's thoughts. Let me do God's work. Let me be a receiver of his blessing. Amen? Let's stand. (laughs) One other scripture, it says, John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. May I believe, you know, the scripture that we we spoke on here. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. What do you need to fulfill your life, your spiritual journey? That I may rely on your faithfulness. You see... God exists, and he desires to answer our prayers. Thank you, God, for hearing our prayers. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us and ordaining our life as one in which you will work and move and live, and God, have your expression. So bless, we pray. Help us, Lord, to see you more clearly. Help us, Lord, to be reflective of the spirit that abides within us, the Holy Spirit. We pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen.